Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Grave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Hallelujah. I feel like singing a song. It's actually a Christian song, too. Um, It's an old song, but it's not a hymn. But it goes along with uh, the worship. I'll just, uh, I will uh, give you the words first. I'd like for you to learn it. It goes, we won't, you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Bound, oppressed, tormented, sick or lame. Because the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. And actually, during the worship, as we were singing the song about Jesus, uh, Jesus now, I can't remember the song now, but I heard, uh, I heard uh, cancer healed in Jesus' name. Amen. So, you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Bound, oppressed, tormented, sick or lame. Cause the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Bound, oppressed, tormented, sick or lame. Cause the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, one of the things that we need to, uh, we need to stress, I don't think we always do it enough, but when you receive truth, when you receive a word from the Lord, you are automatically put into a place of a crisis of belief. And I'm going to talk about that this morning. I don't normally do mothers, I, I have. But uh, I was uh, pre- getting ready for my, uh, for my message this morning. I was just going to continue with what I had last week. And the Lord just kind of dropped something into my spirit. So I want to talk about God, government, and four gals, or four girls, or four godly women. And so it wasn't planned. It was just kind of dropped into my spirit. But as you hear the word of the Lord, uh, I used to hear uh, men, men used to tell me, he said, I don't feel like I've gone to church unless I've had my toes stepped on. I'm not here to step on anybody's toes, but I'm here to give you the truth. And if the truth pricks your heart, then you have a choice as to whether you want to respond to that crisis of belief, because what I say hopefully will challenge you. You know, uh, 
I, I used to hear this uh, said, I came to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comforted. What does that mean? Sometimes we get so, so comfortable in our faith that, we have, that we're not challenged by it. We're so comfortable in our faith that we're not, we're not responding to words. We've had so many prophetic words, we kind of roll our eyes if we get another one. We get so, many, we get so much truth that we, we say, well, I already know that. Pastor, when are you going to preach something new? I'll tell you, like I told my, the kid I went to grade school with, as soon as you start doing the first sermon, then I'll do the next one. <laughs> the reality is, is the truth makes us free. It doesn't, actually, the Bible does not say the truth makes you, or sets you free. It says the truth makes you free. It makes you free. Well, I remember Melody used to make, uh, when we first moved here, uh, we needed money because we didn't have a lot. So Melody would make uh, cinnamon rolls or cinnamon bread. I, I take that back. Cinnamon bread. So she would go or we would go and buy those frozen cinnamon loaves or not cinnamon loaves, the frozen bread. And she would thaw it, and you would have to rise, and then she would have to knead it. She was making that, she was making that bread. There was work into it. How many have ever made bread before? Not with a bread machine. I'm talking about you had to work it. You had to work it. Well, I'm telling you, some, sometimes when you receive the truth, you have to work it. You have to work at it. Uh, my mother used to say this, going in one ear and out the other. My mother was full of sayings. And, you know, I wouldn't necessarily preach a sermon about her on Mother's Day. But the reality is, I thought about it this morning. She cared for my soul. She cared for my soul. And so she would send me to church. Send me to church. And so what I'm, the message that I want to give you today, it applies to men as well as to women. Because I want it to challenge your faith. I want, some, I want you to respond to the truth. So we're going to talk about God, government, and I'll call them four godly women, but for the, uh, for the title's sake, the three G's, except for when you get to the women, it's four. We see in Genesis chapter one, it says, in the beginning, God. Who's in the beginning? God, not man. Some people have said that uh, in the beginning, God made man in his own image, and then we've been making God in our own image ever since. The reality is, is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And by the way, that word for God is Elohim, which is plural. It is a plural Hebrew word, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, just a thought. 
The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And I'm not going to take the time to go through the rest of the chapter, but God said eight times, let there be. And it was, it happened. Now you might've been taught, well, that's not what really happened. You know, we just made God in our own, you know, uh, weak people just use God, but I'm telling you what, God is an almighty God. He's an all powerful God. You know, I, uh, I got into an argument with a priest one time. He was saying, oh, that story of Jonah was just an allegory. No, it wasn't really swallowed by a whale or a fish or whatever. And I said, I'll tell you what, if God said Noah swallowed the whale, I would have believed it. I would have believed it because I believe God more than I do men. We are here. We are a vapor. There's an old, there's an old uh, secular song, Dust in the Wind. All we are is dust, dust in the wind. That's all we are in our flesh, but the reality is in our spirit, we become eternal. We're going to live forever. Whether we've been good boys or bad boys. We're going to live, but I prefer to receive the blessing of salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then there's one other. So there's eight times where God said, let there be, and there was. And then there's a ninth one in verse 22, and it says, and God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply. So he not only created us, he blessed us. God's a blesser. He's not a curser. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to go to um, Romans chapter 1. If I, Hopefully I can get my thing to work. There it is. Hallelujah. It's recognized my thumbprint. But I want to just start with uh, some, some scriptures I used last week from Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report or a good testimony. And then he says in Luke chapter 18, verse 8, Jesus says, and this is after he was talking, uh, giving messages on prayer, he said, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. He's talking about. God answering the prayers of the righteous. And then he says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith in the earth? You know, Joel, uh, Pastor Joel was uh, telling us to close our eyes and picture Jesus. What I, what I was picturing was the Son of God coming back in his second coming. Coming back in power, coming back in glory, coming back in honor. He's not coming back to be spit on. He's not coming back to be abused. He's not coming back to take care of sin because that's already been taken care of. He's coming back to set, finish setting up his kingdom and to, and to take care of the rebellious. Can you say amen? amen. Say, I'm not rebellious. I'm not rebellious. Amen.
So Jesus said when he comes back, will he find faith in the earth? Thank you, Jesus. And then it goes on to say, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Remember, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And, I'm, uh, and then he spoke the rest of it. He says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not, uh, for the things which uh, that are seen were not made of things which are visible. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Just because you can't see it in a test tube. You know, really, the Western world is the only, only part of the world that doesn't believe in the supernatural. I mean, we, we tolerate it in movies. Heck, heck yeah. Woo. Yeah, we don't mind seeing the, we don't mind seeing the superpowers of the fantasy world. But the reality is, is there is a supernatural that's real and it hasn't gone away. We have a living God. We have a supernatural God and he doesn't mind driving out demons. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus name, bound, oppressed, tormented, sick or lame because the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. And by the way, the name of Jesus is still the name, is still the same. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will, you can cast, you know the, you know what? You can cast out demons out of yourself. So I don't, I don't even believe in demons. Well, don't believe in them. They already got you. Are you fearful? God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and sound mind. Fear is a spirit. It's not just an emotion. It affects your emotions. Oppression. Oppression is a spirit. It affects our emotions. But bless God, we can tell emotion, we can tell oppression where to go. Away from me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let me get to my summon, Lord. Hallelujah. So anyway, we know that God spoke. All right. So we don't have, I don't have time, but uh, in Romans chapter one, let's just go there and I'll do this as best I can. Romans chapter one, because now we're talking about government. Did you get God still real? Did you get God still alive? Did you get that God spoke the worlds into existence and he's not dead? God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living. Well, however that goes. Thank you, Jesus. I'm still trying to find Romans. Thank you, Lord. I found it. I just got to find the right place. Okay. So let's start in verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Anybody here not ashamed of the gospel of Christ? He says, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. What is the opposite of the just? Well, you say it's the unjust. 
Well, let's get a little more specific. It is the proud. It is the proud. In Habakkuk, it talks about the proud is lifted up, but the just shall live by faith. The proud says there is no God. The proud says, I don't believe God. I'm an atheist. I don't believe God. Well, if you don't believe God, you do worship a God. It's just you. Because you have decided that you don't believe the God who created heavens and earth. No, you believe what you believe. And that's what you're, you're elevating yourself above the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we don't want to stay there, do we? So he goes on to say, for, uh, for verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and for, uh, from all ungodliness and righteousness of men who suppress the truth. This is where I see government suppressing the truth. Do you know, and it, there's such a parallel between Egypt and the United States and every, every other Western world. What happened when God sent Joseph to Egypt? God saved Egypt and prospered Egypt. Everywhere Joseph went, they prospered. The United States was founded upon Christian principles and upon godliness and we prospered because of it. And when we have turned our back on it, we refuse to allow God in school, God in the public, God, prayer in school, the word of God. You know, they actually used to read the Bible. The, the Bible was the textbook in public school. How about that? Well, we don't believe in that now. That's all, that's all fairy tale. That's, that's, no, that's not real. I'll tell you what, as soon as you die, you're going to wake up to what's real. You're going to, I, but bless God, I'm waking up in heaven. Don't call me back. Raymond, don't let him call me back. I'll do the same for you. You know, both of us have had near death experiences, and it was so peaceful. Dear Lord, it was so peaceful. Say, how many want to go to heaven? Nobody raised their hand. Say, well, I'm not talking about today. Oh, yeah, I want to. So, who suppress the truth. Anytime you deny the word of God and you deny what the word of God says, you suppress truth. Think about thou shalt not kill, kill or murder. And how many babies have we murdered per year? And not only that, taxpayers have to fund it. We don't have a choice. If you're a taxpayer, you are funding Planned Parenthood. Bless the Lord. Well, let's just go on because I want to get to my sermon. 
Now, message, I'm sorry. I don't preach sermons. I preach messages. He goes on to say, because that which may be known of God is manifested in them. Do you know that everybody has an opportunity to know God because it's manifested to us? Some people say, well, what about the people that have never heard? There are people, do you know that there are Muslims coming to Christ by multitudes because they are waking up in visions and dreams and seeing Jesus? Jesus is revealing himself to those that have been taught to hate him. Hallelujah. It says, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made for his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Say without excuse. Hallelujah. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Do you know that everybody actually really knows God? but you come to the place to where you deny him. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. Oh, Lord. Nor were thankful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One of the first realizations that you should know if, that you're, you're kind of slipping is you're not thankful. So I don't have nothing to be thankful about. Are you breathing? Are you breathing? I'm, I'm sure most, you know, it might have been a little painful, but you got here to church. You know, you, you used to look in the mirror and think, man, you good looking. I didn't discover that until later because I was always told how ugly I was. But anyway, but you look in the mirror now and you try to tell, tell yourself it's only just a little while. He makes all things new. Turn to somebody and say, he makes all things new. Now I want to tell, uh, tell you quickly in five minutes, anybody give me a little bit more time since it's Mother's Day? I don't want to keep you too long because you might have reservations. <laughs> reservations. Let's go to Exodus, uh, Exodus chapter one. We want to. We've talked about God. We've talked about government, and we're going to still talk about government, and we're going to talk about the four gals. And they're all in the same story. It says Joseph died, and we just we already talked about Joseph. What happened when Joseph went to Egypt? He God blessed Egypt and he prospered them. They they became great because Joseph was there. Do you know wherever you go, you should bring blessing to where you are. You are a blessing. Stop believing you're not. So, 
It says, Joseph died and his brother, all that generation. It says, but the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, mighty, and the land was filled with them. Actually, what's happening is a prophetic word that God gave to Abraham over 430 years before is coming to pass. God said, I'm going to send your family to Egypt. At that time, it was 73. And I'm going to bring them out of there, and they're going to be a great nation. And then it says, then there arose a new king. Say a new king. A new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. You know what? When you stop talking about the past... When you stop talking about what God has done in the past, people forget. There's a new king came that didn't know about Joseph. It says, and he said to the people, look, the people of Israel are more and mightier than we are. That's just the fulfillment of prophetic word. Do you believe in prophecy? God is fulfilling his prophetic word. You know, sometimes when, you're, when God is fulfilling your prophetic word, it doesn't always feel good. You might say, oh, God, you've forsaken me. He said, no, man, you're about ready to bust out of here. By the way, breakthrough, the, the word this morning was breakthrough. Do you know what breakthrough means? David was surrounded by his enemies, and he said, God... Should I go attack them? And he said, yes. And he told him how to do it. And then David called him Baal Perizim, which means God of the breakthrough. In other words, breakthrough is going to happen to break through the lines of your enemy and destroy them. It's not just that you're going to get a new job. You could get a new job. You could get a new car. You could some... But God is breaking through your enemy who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And Wow. Okay, so the, the king, I'm just going to have to tell you, the king who did not know Joseph said, we got to control these people. So let's tell the midwives, two gals, when the, when the Hebrew women go to the, go to the stump or wherever they go to have their babies, if it's a girl, let her live. It's a boy, kill him. Sounds like today. A little bit of abortion. Same spirit. Same devilish spirit. So anyway, the Hebrew, uh, the Hebrew women lied. Say they lied. They righteously lied. I used to wonder about that. I'd read the Bible and, and you know, I'm so, I'm so black or white, you know, like Rahab told those, told those guards, man, they were here, but they left. Those two spies were up, up in her attic underneath all the flax. But God said she was righteous. That lying prostitute was righteous. You say, well, 
I've never done anything like that. Well, you better humble yourself before the Lord and just do what God tells you to do. Anyway, so they lied and they said, hey, the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. By the time we get there, they've already had their babies. They lied. But let me just say this to make a long story short. God blessed them. I don't, we don't know, we don't know a whole lot. Of, we do know their names, which I'm not going to try to pronounce. One of them was Pua. I forget the other one. But God gave them, the Bible said that God gave them families. So I don't know what that means. Didn't they have families? Didn't they have kids themselves? I don't know what they didn't have. But the Bible says because they stepped out in faith and they would not kill the Hebrew boys, that God blessed them and gave them families. And so anyway, the the king says, well, that's not working. So any male child that is born, they were commanded to throw those Hebrew boys into the Nile. And I started thinking about that. The Nile River has crocodiles. It's not that they're just drowning. They're throwing them to the crocodiles. Um, Elton John had the crocodile rock, right? (laughs) We'll not sing that today. But they were being thrown to the crocodiles. But you know what? The Bible says that when Moses was born... His mother would not throw him to the crocodiles. She kept him for three months. Kept him for three months. And when she could not hide him anymore, she made an ark and covered it with pitch. And I started thinking about pitch. Pitch might be not smell very good. Maybe the crocodiles don't like to bite in the pitch. But anyway, and so there was a male involved. The husband was involved. Hallelujah. Four four women and one man by faith. So anyway, she she puts Moses into the river. She was commanded by the king to throw her kid into the water. She refused to do it. The Bible says not fearing the king's command. Oh, that's what I forgot to say. Not fearing the king's command. You know, there might come a time where you are commanded by your government to do, and they're already trying to do it. Command you to do things that are anti Christian, and will you stand up and say, I will not fear the command of the king? And then, oh, this this is a beautiful one here. I don't know if she was saved or not. I, I don't know, but it was Pharaoh's daughter. She was around all of that political talk. She was around hearing, we gotta, we gotta get rid of these Hebrews. We've gotta control them. We've gotta take power over them because if we don't, they're gonna take power over us. 
If another army comes, actually this is what they said, if another army comes, the Hebrews will join them and defeat us. That's what their thought was. But Pharaoh's daughter, say Pharaoh's daughter. We don't know what she worshiped. We have no idea. But she went down to the river to take a bath. And she had her servant girls out there to hit the water so that the crocodiles didn't eat her. And she hears this noise. And there's a basket. They're looking for this noise, and it's a basket. Or they see a basket. Let me just say, let me say it this way. They saw a basket, and they opened it up. They got tar all over their hands. Can you imagine that? One of the queens of Egypt getting tar on their hands. But as soon as she looked in, that baby got a pinch from God, and the baby started to cry. What would you do if you looked at a baby is in the river? And now you look in there and that baby starts to cry. Wouldn't you want to pick it up? Yeah. Well, that's compassion. She was, I believe the Holy Ghost moved on her. Because she saw that child and she decided immediately that she wanted that child for her own son. Her sister Miriam came up and said, hey, you want me to go get a Hebrew woman? A nurse? Sure. She raised Moses. We don't know if she was saved. We don't know what her faith was. But God moved on her. That's right. God moved upon it. God moves upon people with compassion. Let me say the two, the two Hebrew midwives, they're like, the, they're like the, the people in the medical field today that are Christians that are, that are being forced. They're trying to force them to commit abortion, trying to force them. We don't care what your beliefs are. Of course, the, uh, the mother... And then there's, the, there's Pharaoh's daughter, a woman of compassion. Do we have compassion on children? You know, it's not, just a chil- it's not just abortion that are attacking our children today. We have ungodly beliefs attacking our children. We have sex trafficking attacking our children. We have pornography attacking our children. We have all sorts of... We have all sorts of evil attacking our children. But will you be compassionate? Will you be compassionate? And if God opens a door for you to help one, will you help him? You know, myself, I used to think, man, I got my kids are grown up. They're out of the house. I'm done with that. <laughs> Just a thought. But you know what? You never get away from it. You never get away from it. It's somebody else's child. Somebody else's child. Somebody else has been abused. Somebody else has been neglected. Somebody else that, that all they've heard all of their lives is how dumb they are, stupid. You'll never amount to anything. 
You never say that to a child. Never say it. You might think it, but never say it. Never, ever, ever say it. Another thing I forgot to tell you. In Genesis chapter 12, God said, I'm going to make you a great nation and I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. That's Genesis chapter 12. I think it's verse 3. What did God do? He sent Joseph and blessed Egypt. And then they turned around and cursed Israel, throwing their babies, making them throw their babies into the river. And God says, I will curse those who curse thee. Now, if you, if you would do the numbers, we don't know the exact numbers, but you know, God sent a, the last, what was the last plague? Death of the firstborn. I'm sure that didn't even compare to all the Hebrew children that were slaughtered. Besides all of the other cursing, they had the hard taskmaster. God says, I will bless those that bless thee. I will curse those that curse thee. We need to be praying for our nation. And we need to be thanking our mothers for the blessing that they have been to us because some of them have sacrificed for us. They have sacrificed beyond anything we can imagine. Anything we can imagine. You say, well, my mother wasn't perfect. Well, have you looked in the mirror lately? We ain't perfect either. Hallelujah. So I'm going to close with this song that we are, uh, already spoke. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Bound, depressed, tormented, sick or lame. Cause the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Bound, oppressed, tormented, sick or lame. Cause the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Every one of those women had to do, had a crisis of belief. The two, the two midwives, they had to decide, we're not going to obey the king's command. Moses' mother, I'm not going to obey the king's command. And I believe in even Pharaoh's daughter had to make a decision. They want to kill the Hebrews, but I want to raise this one. I want to raise this one. You're going to receive prophetic words. You're going to receive words from the Lord. And God is going to want action. Action from you. He's going to want you to respond. It's not just enough to believe in your head. We've got to respond in our heart. I believe that even during worship, we can receive a healing. 
I believe the anointing was present to heal today. And what all we have to do is respond and say, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for it. I'm going to ask the healing team to come up at this time. No matter where you're at in your, in your walk with God, God wants to take you farther because there's more. There's more of the Lord.